Hi, I'm Bart de Pau, and you're listening to the Culture Matters podcast, podcast with Chris Smith. Build your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. My name is Chris Smith, and you are listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode number 144, and if you haven't subscribed to this podcast, it's not a bad idea to do that actually right now. All right, today's guest is Bart de Pau. Bart de Pau. Bart de Pau was born to a Dutch father and a Belgian mother and grew up in Zeeland, the province in the Netherlands that is famous for its massive sea defenses. He set up a summer and winter school, intensive Dutch courses with accommodation. Some years ago, he started to video interviews with the students of the summer winter school in front of a blue screen. When foreigners share their experiences, other foreigners can benefit from them. Well, that was the idea. But it appeared that Dutch people like to watch foreigners talking about their language and culture even more. Results? 4 to 5 million views per month on YouTube and Facebook combined. That's incredible. We're having a nice discussion, talk about how people view the Dutch, how different foreigners um, view the Dutch, typically the Dutch. And, um, well, let's get right to the interview. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. Hey, Bart. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm fine. I'm good as well. And then all of a sudden, from Dutch, we switch to English. How's that? Uh, well, you have to be able to switch sometimes, yes? And that's true. That's true. That's true. Bart de Pau. Bart de Pau Leenhouts. Okay, so first of all, um, uh, introduce yourself a little bit because I, I know a little bit about you because I contacted you. Um, where are you? What What is it that you do? And tell us a little bit about what what's with the name thing as well. Yeah, so um, in my passport is written uh, Bart Lanehouse. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I'm an engineer, but uh, how life developed, I... Uh, started a language uh, business and I do that since 2002 uh, I organized uh, Dutch language uh, Russian I have to say Russian language holidays to Russia mm-hmm. and oh. since about uh, six years I'm doing the same for my native language so I organize Dutch courses in uh, the Netherlands for people from outside the Netherlands mm-hmm and uh, yeah, the name thing is that uh, I started a YouTube channel. Um, and when I started the YouTube channel, I did not have an idea where it would go to. Maybe it would be a total failure. Uh, so I thought instead of using the name in my passport, Lanehouse, which is also quite difficult to pronounce and to remember True. for one who is not Dutch. Uh-huh. 
So I thought, why not choose three letters, the surname of my mother. Uh, so that's why I use the POW as uh, my stage name, so to say, for yep. my YouTube channel. Okay, good. I got that. And in addition to that, um, the way you spell the POW, which are two words, I think, in your case... Yes. Yeah. And uh, because you're, I think your mom would be Belgian and your dad would be Dutch then. That's right. Yes. And the reason I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that is because you, it's the, the, your, your, well, it's not your middle name, but the, the, the first part of your last name is with a capital D and not a small letter D. Because all small letter Ds, most of them, at least in Belgium, are nobility. And hence, sorry, Bart, but you're not. No, I, as far as I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> All right. Bart de Pau, thank you very much uh, for being on the show. Where are you at this moment? I'm in uh, Bussum in uh, the Netherlands, at Gooi. At Gooi. The mattress, as they say in the Netherlands. Well, I, I hope I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, okay. So you're in the same place as my, uh, as my son is living uh, at this moment. So you're in the Netherlands, in Bussum, as they say. Um, uh, half Dutch, half Belgian. Do you have any preference for for any of the countries? No, um, I consider myself uh, a Dutch Belgian or a Belgian Dutch guy. Mm -hmm. um, I see the positive sides of uh, both countries. Yeah, uh, of course, I was uh, raised in the Netherlands. So all that's, right. More, I would say, I'm maybe seventy percent Dutch and thirty percent uh, Belgian. Mm -hmm. uh, but sometimes when I'm in the Netherlands, I feel a little bit Belgian, and when I'm in Belgium, I feel Dutch. That's a bit how it goes. Okay. Well, from from by the looks of it, by or by the sound of it, at this moment, it's um, having lived myself in Belgium. I am currently still in Belgium, um, and and I cannot lose my accent, my 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 Dutch accent, if you want. It's you have a very Dutch accent, so it's I, I from the outside I would not tell, only by the by the fact that your 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 the beginning of your of your last name starts with a capital D, I would say okay this is this okay there's something there's something about this guy, um, but I and from your language how you speak Dutch I would not tell that you're half you're half Belgian at least. Well, that's what that's because I'm speaking with you. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. True. 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 When I speak with the, the Belgian part of my family, uh, I think my Belgian accent comes in. Uh -huh. uh, I start even to speak in a Belgian dialect, a dialect from, uh, uh, my mother is from Sleidingen or Slane, as they say. So that's, I, 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 I'm, do, I'm not perfect in dialect, but I try <laughs> to speak. Where, where, where is that? In, 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 must be Flanders, but is it West yeah. Flanders? Six kilo kilometers from Gent, so it's ah, okay. a suburb of Gent. Uh, okay. Well, suburb would probably not be the right uh, term. Yeah. My grandmother, she actually didn't like Gent uh, very much. Okay, Gent, as in English, you would say Gent. Um, that's maybe how people how people would would understand where you're talking, what you're talking about, or which location you're talking about. How how did you become interested? Because this is how I bumped into you via via via. I saw you you do this very interesting thing. You teach foreigners Dutch, right? That's right. Okay, uh, but is it you teaching, or do you have like like external teachers? How does that work? So 
So uh, what I have is a YouTube channel, uh-huh. uh, and I make content uh, for people who are uh, learning Dutch. Uh-huh. Um, I consider myself an online teacher, so I actually only make the videos. Right. Uh, but I have a team of teachers who really do uh, the classes at the language holiday, so I, I don't teach myself in front of a real classroom. Mm-hmm. And those teachers, they are always the ones who check what I write before I publish an, uh, an online lesson. So they're also involved in that. In some parts, they even uh, write the, the lessons and then I make my own format out of it. Okay, and because I, I saw one which I which really made me laugh, and that was the reason I got in touch with you. Is it's um, so your concept is? Let me let me explain your concept to yourself. That's at least that's how I get it. Is you you put people in in front of a uh, a, a blue screen or a green screen? In other words, like a, like a very neutral uh, background. And then you ask them typical Dutch, Dutch, Dutch questions. And via, via, I was watching a video and there were, <laughs> there were several people that, I mean, non-Dutch going to a Dutch doctor and then going to the doctor and say, okay, listen, I've got a pain right here. And then the doctor asks, the Dutch doctor asks these foreigners, like, okay, what do you think it is? And all these foreigners, and I know from experience, this is how it goes. It's like, why are you asking me? I come to you for a solution for my problem. Why do you think I have an idea about what my problem is? Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. And then, and then the standard solution. Sorry, it's always funny when I when I see this. <clears throat> the standard solution is always okay from a Dutch doctor perspective to any pretty much any patient is um okay go home take a paracetamol and rest for two weeks even if whether you're pregnant whether you have a broken leg or whether you have a i guess even a heart attack as well how do you get to these ideas bart yeah so and the, the type of video that you're uh, referring to mm-hmm. is what i started two two years ago uh i started to interview the students who come to our uh, language holidays or uh-huh. Um, uh, as an additional type of video. So I, I just explained that I really also have lessons on my uh, YouTube channel, uh, but also yeah, the, the interviews with the students. And the, the reason why I started this was uh, I lived myself in Russia for 10 years. Okay. Um, I sort of know what it is to live in a country as a foreigner. Yeah. Um, to speak with other foreigners in that country and to share, let's say, the experiences in relation to the culture shock, because mm-hmm. that's uh, what it is. So my idea when um, <coughs> starting to interview our own students was like, let's uh, share experiences of, of expats uh, mm-hmm. who live in the Netherlands or who have another connection to the Netherlands. And when we share this, then other people who watch the videos, uh, other foreigners, they will at least not be in total shock when <laughs> they face a situation. Uh-huh. For example, uh, one of the first videos that went viral was describing the Dutch birthday, which is a bit 
sometimes, I have to say, a bit different than birthdays in other uh, countries. Uh, we sit in a circle, mm-hmm. we uh, have uh, coffee uh, with a cookie, <laughs> and there is sometimes no music, and that is more or less it, and that sometimes the host, at some moment, the host says, so this was it, and now we go home. And, <laughs> and, uh, this is, and, and of course, I do not want... I do not want to say with my videos, this is how every Dutch birthday is. Of course, it isn't, yeah. It's not a generalization <laughs> from that point of view. Uh-huh. But what I want is that the other foreigner who watches the videos, uh, the videos, once he is in his or she is in a situation uh, of such a birthday that it's not a shock that the person will say, aha, I remember that from uh, right. from the video. So yep. it's not uh, it's not so much these type of videos are not so much language teaching mm-hmm. videos. They are more uh, yeah expats and other foreigners sharing their experiences with the Netherlands. Huh? That's the idea. Yeah. No, it makes makes good sense. I mean, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because you're 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 confronting me. You you are confronting me with my own culture as well. Having been outside of this of of the Netherlands for for at least 14 years, living in Belgium right now, it's coming back. And it's nice to come back. But every time I come back, it's like, whoa, that's it. It is different here. Um, it, it's and and what you <laughs> what you describe here in terms of okay, this is the birthday. We're sitting in a circle, and it's okay. And it's Bart. Do you want to drink? Yeah, give me a beer. Do you want a glass? No, I'll take it from the bottle. And that and that's you know it it's it is it is it is really so so Dutch what you're what you're what you're doing. Um, most of my of my uh, my workshops or lectures that I that I that I give to to companies, I start with with a couple of phrases about the Dutch. Um, in terms of if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Uh, you must have heard that one, right? <clears throat> okay. And then there's another one there as a finishing touch. God created the Dutch. You must have heard that one as well. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, um, there's another one. You can tell, you can tell a Dutch, but you can't tell them much. In other words, you can, you can, you can pick out a Dutchman, like, because you can see them because they're, they're tall, they're blonde and, and whatever, you know. Um, but you can't tell them what to do because we will not follow orders. I mean, if I tell you to do this, you will say, no, just why? Because not. And so the, the, what is in, in, in your experience, and because you've have you have your 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 language students, what is the biggest shock for foreigners coming to the Netherlands? Um, the biggest shock, I think, what in general people experience is yeah, it's it's I mean it's classic, but it's the directness. Uh huh. Uh, Dutch people tell everything straight in the face. Yeah. Uh, they don't like beating around the bush, mm-hmm. which, by the way, is also a bit different in different regions. Eh? So, of course, uh, Brabant, Limburg are totally different than uh, Amsterdam. Eh? Which, well, okay, so so you're talking about the south of the country is different from, from say, the center or the middle of the country. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in terms of directness. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. But even then, even then, so within the Netherlands... People from Limburg would consider themselves not so direct, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe not direct at all. 
but we also have students who come from Italy. They come, uh, they, they live in Limburg, and they find them super direct. So even <laughs> uh, although there is like within the Netherlands, people some people consider themselves direct and others not. Yeah. Uh, as a whole, there is still. Uh, yeah, we are still very direct, uh, direct people, and that's a shock to well, for people to get used to, mm-hmm. uh, because they are not, yeah, in their country, in other countries, most other countries, not every country, mm-hmm. it's more like you bring things in a very polite way. Um, I, I even myself, I always know that when I'm talking to an American and. I, and someone starts getting starts the conversation with giving big compliments mm-hmm. that I kind of know, like okay, here is there is something to come. Uh, <laughs> introducing uh, uh-huh. the problem, yeah. So um, this is on the one hand in the beginning as a shock, but I can say that a lot of my students in the end yeah. find it very. Um, refreshing and helpful because they are learning the language and when you learn a language yep. you're always um, face a situation where you need to try to understand as much words in a sentence as possible and try to grasp what the other person is wanting to say uh-huh. and if the other person literally says what he uh, intends to say, mm-hmm. then that for, is very helpful for a language learner. Um, for example, and we, we Dutch people, we speak in general okay English. Of course, we speak English with mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but when talking to someone from Britain who is very reserved, mm-hmm. um, it's difficult. Like there is one quote in a video from someone from the UK who yeah. says, uh, "English are notorious for not saying what they mean." Exactly. Um, so even and and then take into account that you're still learning the language, then it's almost impossible to understand the other person. But for for people who learn Dutch, it's very helpful that. Uh, sentences are as they are, mm-hmm. and there's no double meaning usually uh, underneath. Yeah. So the direct. I mean, it's a it's a two two. How do you say a two sided sword in a way? So the directness can be in your face, but it also is. Well, what you see is what you get, right? I think I mean that that is my experience at least with uh, um, living here and, and and with the Belgians as well is is that that that's what they like about the Dutch and somebody described it once to me as in if you if you're if if you're getting it's it's like a sour um, uh, apple if you if you're if you're if you can bite and get get digest the first bite then the Dutch are not that bad okay they're direct they're in your face but. At, le- at least what you see is what you get. And that is really nice. Because if a Dutch tells you something is, is going to cost you uh, 100 euros or be there at eight, that's what it is. There is, there's nothing, nothing else about it. And, 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 and a Brit can tell you, well, listen, Bart, we're in, we're in, in, in a bit of a pickle here. Then, I mean, the rest of the world has no idea what you're talking about. And, and only the Brits do, but they're, they're stuck on their island. Um, 
but in terms of directness, we are we're masters at that. So um, it's it's. I'd like to switch it it around if that's okay with you. Um, you left ten years in Russia. Being a Dutchman, I would okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna focus on the fact that you, that you you said yourself you're seventy percent Dutch. Ten years in Russia. Is there anything? What did you bump in, into there? I mean, you must speak after after ten years. You speak the language, I guess, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. You can't uh, survive no. without speaking Russian. Exactly. I mean, it, it, it's it's. I've been there a couple of times. I've been to 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 Beijing as well, and and in Beijing in China, it's it's. I've I've never felt alone so much alone in a city with so many people because you can't talk to anyone, and you can't read anything, and and I think the the, the same goes for. For Russia as well, because the script is so different. Where were you in Russia, and what was your biggest culture shock there? Well, uh, my biggest culture shock. I was in St. Petersburg, by the way, which uh-huh. is maybe the most Western yep. Russian city. So, in terms of culture shock, maybe not. Uh, I mean, the culture shock in, in, in somewhere in Siberia could have been uh, bigger, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, the the culture shock, which was a very positive shock, is that. Um, how Russians appear. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first or the general impressions that we have in the West of, of, of Russian people, it's actually the other way around. Like mm-hmm. we think they are uh, cold uh, people, maybe with not too much emotions, mm-hmm. uh, but it's just the outer period. The, the the Russian people, once you get to know them, mm-hmm. they are very warm uh, people. They are uh, actually also very emotional people. You, you wouldn't expect that, but they are really like into emotion and, and, and drama even. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just uh, the Russians, they open themselves only to their inner circle, like when you get to know people uh, better and not in a shop or on the street. And right. yeah. they also they have a, a, a way of speaking and they have actually a language as well that is like quite straightforward and um, maybe they don't have this emotion in the, the tone of their speaking, but mm-hmm. once you get to know them, uh, yeah, they're very warm, emotional uh, people, and mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, it was a shock, but a very positive shock actually. Okay, that's interesting because indeed, indeed, what you say, I mean, and then, and I'm speaking for myself as I do, is is that what you get from the news? Is is um, Russia is is Vladimir Putin, the the current the current president, and that's what it is. And if you judge, go by the news, etc. It's scary. That is a scary country. But you're actually saying the opposite. Yeah, and I'm talking, by the way, about the people uh-huh. in the first place. Yeah. Uh, there is a difference between <laughs> what is the people and the state. Yeah. Um, and uh, to understand the... Uh, I mean, to understand an individual in Russia is possible. Uh, but to understand the nation as a whole... Uh, still, for me, an adventure to to yeah to to try to grasp that. It's very difficult as a foreigner uh, to understand how uh, Russians think in terms of 
uh, politics and uh, about their role in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, so, and, and that's something different. Right? So I, I uh, the, the emotional, warm uh, people who are very friendly. That's uh, that, that's the people uh, part of, of, of the Russian yeah. state. Slightly. Uh, more complex to understand. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Now I've heard this before. Indeed, it's it, it it's a bit. Somebody phrased this to me once: is you have a lot of personal freedom as long as you do as you, as you as you do what you're being told. Um. Yeah, that is. Is that is that too short? It's very difficult to say. Like. I don't know what is personal freedom. Like, is personal freedom in the Netherlands, for example, that you you finish your studies and you you buy a house with a mortgage, and then you're like stuck into your mortgage? Yeah, is that is that, for example, personal freedom? Uh, of course, it's a choice. Sure. Um, at at the same time, yeah, I think. In, in Russia, but it counts for the for everywhere in in the world. Uh, freedom is very is, yeah, it's a subjective uh, thing. Hey? You you uh, usually are more free when you have more money. And, mm-hmm. uh, some people in Russia are very wealthy. It's also the country where you uh, it's quite a capitalistic. Uh, country, I would, I would say, you wouldn't expect that. But uh-huh, indeed, uh, you have to earn uh, your living, and yeah. if you do, and mm-hmm. if you are successful, it's mm-hmm. easier maybe to become successful in uh, Russia than, for example, in, in the Netherlands as an entrepreneur. Um, then you have, of course, the, the freedom. But the the people who uh, have, uh, um, yeah who don't have this financial freedom yet you're you're anyway tied to a job and to, to the basic needs in life that you need first before you can start thinking about freedom hmm. that's interesting it's it's it, it, um it's interesting how 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 different people um uh look at uh at, at russia as a country like that and, and, and how did you pick up the language did you go to a formal school there no, I actually I learned Russian by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a hobby, uh-huh. uh, like from child. Like I bought a book uh, when I was fourteen, and I had a a job at a at a, at a parking spot in uh, Katzand, which is <laughs> even more famous in Belgium than in the Netherlands. It is, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's in, in the south of the Netherlands, and it's bordering the the Belgian border. Yeah. Yeah. So, and yeah, the, the the big advantage of this job was that uh, when it was bad weather, there were no cars at all, so you had nothing to do and you could spend your time studying from the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when it was good weather, it took me about like one hour to fill up the entire parking, then put the sign full, mm-hmm. and then again I had nothing to do, so <laughs> I again could, uh, could study. So I spent a few summers uh, working on the parking spot, learning Russian by myself. Mm-hmm. And then um, at university, I thought, yeah, because I learned Russian a bit, uh, maybe it's a nice place to do an, an internship abroad. So I right. went there for three months, um, and then I saw the potential 
And, 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 and why, why Russian? I mean, why not Chinese or, or Thai or whatever kind of language, really? I, I picked up the language from, uh, uh, yeah, from practicing a lot and, and learning from uh, by myself. But why, why did you choose Russian? Because of the sound. I find it an incredible, beautiful sounding uh, language mm -hmm. in the first place. Mm -hmm. I like to do things that are not so normal. Mm -hmm. So, of course, <laughs> if, if you get German and French uh, language education at school, that's normal. Everybody knows that. So, I want yeah. to, to know something that no one else uh, knows. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's so that's the reason why I started. And uh, the language is so interesting. It's so Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's my passion. I think it's incredibly beautiful. And mm. um, that's also the only way, by the way, to, to learn it. Like you, you need to love learning the language that you want to speak uh, because otherwise it becomes a struggle. Yeah, true. That's, true, 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 true. By yeah. the way, also how we try to build our programs, like make it fun. Mm -hmm. As long as it's fun, you keep uh, continue learning. Get, get, getting back to that, to, to what you do professionally or partly professionally, which is, which is your language, your language, your Dutch language thing. Being half Belgian, being half Dutch, having lived 10 years in Russia, speaking, I mean, amongst Dutch, also uh, being able to switch to a somehow um, uh, East Flanders dialect um, and English as we're doing right now. To what extent has that changed you in not as a, or maybe as a person, but also get, has changed the, the outlook you have on, on Dutch society? Um, well, uh, there are two different things. Mm -hmm. um, so, um, first of all, the outlook uh, to, on, on the Dutch society. If right. you live 10 years abroad, yeah. uh, of course, I, I, you change yourself a bit. Mm -hmm. um, and in the, those 10 years, the country also changes a bit. So mm -hmm. uh, the good thing is that you can look at it from the outside and you start to uh, realize what are those typical Dutch things mm -hmm. that are actually different than the rest of the world. Um, so that's, that's, that's one thing. And how yeah. it influenced um, my... A career or view uh, knowing many languages is that um, I try to understand or try to understand better mm -hmm. the clients of my professional business like people who start to learn a foreign language because they just moved into a country or they mm -hmm. have the plans to move Uh, to that country. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, this is our all processes that I've gone through uh, myself, not only with Russian, by the way, but I also uh, learned Spanish and moved to Spain and lived there for half a year. Um, I, I know how critical it is to understand the language um, because you have access to a total different level of information mm -hmm. um, like everywhere there are English language uh, websites newspapers 
uh, in a certain country. That's in the Netherlands, that's in Russia, that's in Spain, um, focused on expats. Mm-hmm. But the, the danger when you start to live in a new country is that you uh, don't go out of the expat bubble. And yeah. the expat bubble works for two, three years, uh, but you will soon notice that uh, one type of expat leaves after two, three years, and if you intend to stay in a country, then either you have to face the reality of changing your circle of friends mm-hmm. every two, three years, <laughs> uh, yeah. and making new expat friends for a short time, or uh, you really try to uh, to integrate with uh, yeah the, the local society. Mm-hmm. The long term uh, is on the long term the only way to go. And yep. for example, yeah, in Russia, there is no other way. You only can do it like that until you're really like the top manager, surrounded by only English speaking people. Maybe yep. then uh, you can get away with a longer period without speaking the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Netherlands, and certainly when you're in Amsterdam or The Hague or very international cities, um, you will also get away with it because people speak it and you can communicate. True. Uh, but, yeah, I think uh, what is your long-term perspective? So if, if people are not just expats who are on the move every two or three years and intend to stay longer, then you, yeah, you have to go through the process of, of learning the language, trying to understand uh, the culture to reduce that culture shock. I mean, you can stay angry about uh, that doctors prescribe <laughs> <laughs> paracetamol, but that's not going to uh, change your situation True. Uh, unless you try to understand why things are as they are, mm-hmm. and then you can find your own uh, place in it. Yeah. No, it's a it's a it's a good point. It, it's again, it, it it it's one of um um we're about thirty two minutes at this moment in the recording um of this podcast i have a few more more questions to ask if you don't mind um your students i mean you have experience with those you've recorded those they're really they're interesting um i'll ask you how people get in touch with you in a in a moment however um what is what is the like the thing the thing that your language students in other words the non-dutch find the the weirdest thing about about the dutch other than the direct the directness is obvious so is there anything else about that about us the dutch um well i uh, what i i mean it's it's i already uh told you about the dutch birthday yeah um, yeah the dutch birthday is actually if you have a typical birthday it's what they consider like it's the the <laughs> it is <laughs> It's fun. It's not like a, a, a sense. Uh, it's not painful. It's not painful. No. Uh, but this is something. I mean, that you open the presents in front of the people. If you right. already have it, that you just mention, "Oh, I have this already. Can I return it? Can you give me the receipt so I can return <laughs> to the shop?" Uh, that uh, yeah, you can face a situation where there is yeah no. No music. You're just drinking uh, coffee, and and that's it. I mean, this is uh, this is very weird. Mm. Uh, this is very weird, and uh, the same actually counts for uh, because if you go from a wedding, that's one kind of party. 
counts for uh, weddings as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's even between the Netherlands and, and Belgium is a big cultural uh, difference. Yeah. I remember the story of my Belgian uh, cousins who went to a wedding on Walcheren, and Walcheren is in Zeeland. And which is, a, which is in, in a province in the south of the Netherlands. Yeah. yeah. And we have a saying, even within Zeeland, so Zeeland is a, a compilation of islands, mm-hmm. uh, from, and, and, and this, uh, of actually peninsula, um, uh, we have a saying in Zeeuws-Vlaanderen that even a funeral on, in Zeeuws-Vlaanderen is more fun than a wedding on uh, Walcheren. <laughs> Um, and yeah, that's actually really what my cousins experienced. They, <laughs> they went there, um, and if you're used to a Belgian wedding, you know it's plenty of food, it's mm-hmm. everything. And in a Belgian wedding, like the food, I mean, it's such a party, like the food only at 11 o'clock in the evening is not an exception that only then the food comes to the table. Uh-huh. Um, so, so my. <laughs> Uh, cousin, they were on the on the wedding, um, and, and at uh, eleven o'clock, by the moment that they expected, like now, because they were getting a bit hungry, like now the food is coming to the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, they announced, like, uh, sorry, this is the uh, this is the end of the wedding. <laughs> and they really, the, the lucky thing was that McDonald's was still open, so they <laughs> they. We're just in time to get their Big Mac uh, at McDonald's. Um, this is, yeah, this is also, I mean, it's a bit the same as with the, with the birthdays. Like some yeah. weddings are quite sober. And yeah, unless it's specifically written on the invitation that there will be food on the wedding. You never know. <laughs> yeah, you should not expect to have. <laughs> And that's for Belgians, I think, totally unthinkable. I know, I know, really, I know, no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Food is really important in this country, yeah. this country being Belgium and not, and not the Netherlands. My goodness, what a confrontation with my own culture here. All right, Bart, it's, um, I'm going to ask you, um, very simple things. Two, two questions more. Can, can you give us three tips to either become more culturally competent or maybe three tips to deal with the Dutch if you want? Well, I can I, I can give the three tips that count for any language. Uh-huh. Uh, first, it's very important to listen. Like, listen what is the other culture. And it's, it's just talking to, to people. The second thing is, mm-hmm. that counts actually both for the expert as uh, the people who is, like, receiving the host... Uh, try to view everything from the angle of the other person. Like uh, the video that you just mentioned about the Dutch doctor, mm-hmm. it's very interesting to read uh, the comments. And mm-hmm. you uh, you see a lot of discussion in the, in the comments, um, but uh, Dutch people, they judge just from their uh, view, and uh, they really said, uh, uh, they are very like not trying to understand like what is the other person like you have to imagine how an American who is used to a certain uh, medical system and uh, how a doctor works what that he goes there and gets prescribed everything that you have uh, checkups and maybe a commercial system behind it comes here in the Netherlands and it's 
it's totally different. Mm-hmm. And why? And, and you see a lot of people in the comments that Dutch people who get crazy about the Americans, how stupid that is, etc. But <laughs> try to imagine how. What is the culture of the other person, and how does he look to this typical or maybe non-typical thing? So that's the second tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, view it from the angle of the other side and the third tip yeah I mean logical it's my uh, business but it's everything that I believe in Mm -hmm. Uh, it's language you have to learn the language if you really want to understand um, the people between you are uh, where where you are living indeed it's what you said earlier it opened up a whole new, new perspective to the other culture I guess yeah. Okay, good point. But if um, uh, people want to get in touch with you and they would like to learn Dutch or know more about you, then how can they do that? Well, the easiest thing, just uh, type learn Dutch in Google and you'll find uh, our website on the very first uh, organic uh, place uh-huh. uh, or just Google Bart and you will... Uh, also uh, find us, uh, but without W at the end because that's a different part of power. Okay. Um, uh, so that's uh, that's very easy, and we we have online video courses. They are the cheapest option. It's very cheap way to effectively uh, learn the language, uh, and we organize uh, language camps. But now with Corona, um, yeah, they are on hold, but we'll be back next year. Um, and because those type of uh, language holidays are uh, on hold at the moment, we have also online virtual classrooms, uh, which you can also find on learndutch.org, uh, the website that will appear first in Google when you type uh, Learn Dutch. So that's, that's how they can get in touch with me. Okay, got it all noted down. It'll be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Bart, for your time. Um, wish you all the best. And um, what else can I say? I mean, if you ain't Dutch, you ain't much. Still counts, no? Well, thank you for uh, having me, Chris. Uh, I think it was very uh, interesting uh, thing to talk with uh, another Dutchman mm-hmm. <laughs> about uh, your own uh, culture. Uh-huh. I'm sure that other people, they have their own views and that's, uh, yeah, that's also perfect. Okay, cool. All right. I'm pretty sure we'll bump into each other in the future. You take care. Thank you and have a great day. Thank you too. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Bart, again, for coming on the show. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, that is a good idea to do that right now. You can leave um, a review on iTunes, and preferably a a five-star review, of course, and that makes more people being able to find this podcast and listen to it as well. The music you hear in the background is from Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast, and I will be back in two weeks' time. Thanks for listening. Bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.